0: Welcome to the monthly SkillBytes show, where we share information that is geared to helping you succeed in your business. This is Judy Weintraub, CEO of SkillBytes and host of this show. If you want to position yourself as an expert, one of the best ways to do that is to become a published author. SkillBytes' author platform provides the easiest way to get a book written and published. I'm here to welcome a very special guest with us today, Teresa de Grobois. Teresa teaches corporations and entrepreneurs how to create massively successful word-of-mouth campaigns by tapping into the top leaders, promoters, networkers, and influencers in your industry. Teresa has used word-of-mouth epidemics to take three of her own books, bestseller status and has a 100% success rate with those she has mentored using the same process. Teresa teaches business and marketing courses and heads the International Evolutionary Business Council of Speakers and Influencers dedicated to teaching the principles of success. Teresa is a personal friend and a resource I draw on in support of the work I do. As a personal favor to my authors, Teresa has agreed to share two of her 14 most effective strategies used to build viral word-of-mouth campaigns. The first, how to build a personal reach of one million or more in less than a year, and the second, how to build a golden Rolodex of top influencers in your industry who are eager to promote you to their network. And I promise, before we're done, for those of you who want more support in this area, you'll be given information on how to get more of Teresa's expertise, because I always get calls and requests from listeners who really want to master the topic at hand. Teresa, thanks so much for being here, and welcome to the Skill Bites Author Webinar.
1: Oh, thanks for having me back, Judy. It's good to be here again.
0: So, um. Teresa, if you could just start off, maybe take a few minutes and share your thoughts on what allowed you to realize your current level of success and abundance.
1: Well, you know, I, uh, I'd i have to say a lot of it has to do with um, really understanding how to build influence. Because really becoming in- influential, especially in using word-of-mouth marketing, really helped skyrocket me to, to a much higher level, and it really, it, what it comes down to is it's all about relationships and how you build relationships.
0: Hmm. Okay, I, I'm hoping we're going to get into um, how exactly you think we should do that, but before we do get into that, um, can you talk about things that people who have achieved enormous influence and success know that others of us don't know?
1: Well, i found by, you know, I play the game of really talking to highly successful people and uh, and asking them, you know, what did you do to get here? It's, you know, I find the best way to figure out how success works is to talk to those who have already gotten there. And I've actually been able to identify 14 consistent habits or strategies that highly successful people follow. And, you know, by implementing those in my own life, and my own business, I was really able to. You know figure out how do I really master this game and it i you know I like to call it a game because it is you know it's fun and it's joyful and it's great to engage in, and like anything else, it has a set of rules and skills you need to be associated with it, and an unspoken code of conduct that happens in that game and once you understand what that looks like and understand how to master it, it's really not that hard to engage in it
0: Wow, boy, that sounds incredibly valuable <coughs> you could know what those fourteen. Secrets are then we could all be masters of relationships and people of influence. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So what are some of the secrets behind those who are successfully generating recognition and promotion of their business and work?
1: Well, I, I love it that you you call it in that way because you actually can learn the secrets of how you become influential and it really is nothing more than developing that series of routine habits. Uh, that you work on over time. You know, one of the things I really like people to understand is how much the world has shifted in such a rapid amount of time. And when we stop and think about it, we're all really familiar with this, right? Like Facebook is less than 10 years old. Think about that for a minute. We take stuff for granted so rapidly in society. The iPhone and the iPad became passé as quickly as they became popular. So we now have quantumly different opportunities than we did even a decade ago. And our world is really ready to explode. So it's really important to keep up with the new trends, the new ways of connecting, the new ways of communicating, um, because ultimately influence is simply about your relationship with others. Ten years ago, if you really wanted to get the word out, you had to rely on reporters or the local news covering you, or you had to know people who had columns and magazines. Now we generate the news at a rate that is unprecedented on the planet. And that has only happened in the last decade. So the rule book and the playing field really has changed. And if we look at the habits of the people who are really mastering this new game, and and what they're consistently doing, um, it's really simple to see that it's not that difficult a game to play and anyone can learn it.
0: So can you share with us some of those habits? that you were well, just
1: talking about? I'd ha- I'd love to. So pr- pretty much the first one is people are highly successful at this game. They do something that's of really high value to people. So another way of saying that is how big of a problem do you solve for other people? Um, so for lots of people, if you think of the biggest problem you've ever experienced in your life, often you're most successful in solving that for other people. Maybe you're a cancer survivor and you want to help other people understand how to survive cancer or Maybe, um, you know, Bill Bartman's a great example of that. Uh, He built a billion-dollar company solving a problem of helping people who were having their homes foreclosed. And one of the reasons he was passionate about figuring out how to do that was because he had personally experienced the humiliation of what it felt like to have his home foreclosed. And so he came up with a whole new paradigm, a whole new model, where if he got in between the banks and, and the foreclosure and the people that were in the house, And created an opportunity to buy the debt off the bank, um, write the debt down and allow people to stay in their homes with a much lower debt, that he could still make a profit on that and became a billionaire in the mix, actually was at one point the 23rd uh, richest person in the United States. So, you know, a big part of this is that the thing that people love more than anything is when you put them first and when you really solve a big problem for them. And the more people feel supported by you, the more they feel valued by what you offer, uh, the easier it is for you to profit and generate influence in what you're doing. So, And if you don't have that specific thing of high value, sometimes simply just being present and caring about other people is sometimes enough for them. So it's really important to think about how much value do I give to other people
0: let's talk about deciding what to focus on. How do you find that giant thing that's of great value to other people?
1: Well, it's that magic combination of what do you really love and what are you really good at solving for others? Because you'll naturally draw the attention of other people and word of mouth will start spread about you when you stand in that really powerful convergence. Um, You know, I love the way Keith Cunningham talks about this. He talks about the bigger the problem you solve, the bigger the profit you'll make. And it really, I would add to that, the more word of mouth you'll generate around yourself. So, you know, I often talk about the analogy of wildfire in terms of what creates word of mouth, right? So, you know, when you talk about what creates a wildfire, there's the ignition spark, there's the fuel to spread, to burn the wildfire, and there's the wind to spread the wildfire, right? Well, the spark is how big of a problem you solve. So, you know, I always like to say big spark catches easy. And... You know, a, a common mistake I see business owners make is that they they think they're just going to practice on some little problem, practice on this little business, practice on this quick win, this easy thing, and they focus on a problem that people don't really care about. Because somehow in their mind, the big problem, if they tackled that huge problem that people really do care about, that that would be the harder business to do. And the reality is, nothing could be further th- 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 from the truth. The more you stand in solving a big problem that people really care about, the easier it will be to do your business. If you're doing a little business, a a little problem that nobody really cares about, nobody's going to buy from you because guess what? Nobody cares. So it's it's really important that you think about really being courageous and standing for the solution to something big. Okay.
0: Interesting concept. I think a lot of people... Do feel that they can't approach the big things until they gain more confidence with doing something smaller.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, mate, let's get into those routine habits that you were talking about earlier. What would be a routine, another routine habit um, that people use to become influential?
1: Well, another really key secret of this game or a key rule of the game is to become influential, you really need to get into relationship with other influencers. And, you know, a really important point to think about and, and, you know, really pay attention with this one is that influence is not something you can ever give to yourself. You can only ever receive it from others and you can give it back to them. Another way to say that is you can't make yourself famous. You know, unless you're the guy who wants to strip naked to protest airport security in Portland. Um, and trust me, you don't want that kind of fame, right? right. Um, and and I would draw the distinction between fame and influence. You know, fame is a lot of people know about you. Influence is a lot of people know about you, and they like you and they trust you. So fame would be like Britney Spears, Kim Kardashian. Influence would be Gandhi, Martin Luther King, Right. So when we're talking about building influence, it's it's really important to be in relationship with other influencers, because um, if you think about it, if, if I stood on a chair at a networking and function and said, look at me, I'm great, you know, people would haul me off to the loony bin. That would just land weird. But if I stood up on a chair and clinked my glass and said, oh my God, everyone, Judy Weintraub is here. And she's this amazing lady that helps authors, and she's extremely well thought of in the industry. And if there's anyone here who wants to write a book, you've got to come speak to this lady, because I deeply respect and admire everything she says. Everyone would think, wow, isn't that nice that Teresa's doing that, and oh my God, I really need to go meet that lady. So it's important to notice that in the, in the realm of influence, being gracious in bigging up other influencers is actually the name or the way the game works. So you need to become in relationship with other influencers by helping them gain influence. You give them influence by bigging them up and and, and um, celebrating them to your own following, and then they can return that um, <clears throat> that favor back to you. I actually have an exercise that I like to do uh, do with people that helps them really you know get centered in how they might do this. Is it okay if I do a little exercise with your students, Judy? Yeah,
0: that sounds good.
1: Awesome. Okay. So I'm going to ask you to pull out a sheet of paper, and I want you to list the top five influential people in your industry or the conversation that you're in, and that can be from a local to a national level, but just list the first five names you can think of. Okay. Um so what you know, for example, if you were let's say someone who is in nutrition and you encourage people to um uh eat raw food, you might write down the name David Wolfe, or if you were in the p r industry and you were all about teaching people to be really authentic and awesome on camera, you might write down Sean de who are you know top people in those conversations, or you might write the name of a uh a local magazine columnist who writes in that, or maybe you're a local TV reporter who tends to cover a lot of stories on health or whatever the topic you, you are as in. But write a list of five names of people that you think would be influential. And if you can't think of five, write as many as you can. And then I want you to number them from one to five, where one would be the easiest for you to connect with, and five would be the toughest for you to connect with. And if there's no one on that list that you can actually think of that would be accessible to you, in other words, you couldn't necessarily pick up a phone and call them or someone you know might be able to introduce them to you, then think of at least one name that would be accessible to you in your industry. It might be somebody who runs a local meetup or um, someone in your local community that writes a column on that topic or something like that and add their name to the list and put them at the top of the list. So here's what I want you to get. Learning to be an influencer is nothing more than working from the easy ones to the tough ones on your list. And as you get into deep relationship with the easier ones, with a bit of patience and the routine habits that I teach, and I really go into these in depth in my advanced courses I teach online, but as you get into the habits of really getting in powerful relationship with these people, then... What you'll find is they know the people who are higher on the list or people similar to those higher on the list, and they will introduce you to them. What I'd like you to do is really think for a moment, if you picked the top person on that list or the toughest one for you to connect with, what might connection to that person mean for your business? In other words, if that person were to endorse you or endorse your business, how much money might that equate for you? And, you know, most of my students, when they do this exercise, they come back with answers that are anywhere from, you know, well, it would fill the capacity of my business. So, you know, then the answer becomes how much money would my business make if we're at capacity? And that's commonly the case for people who are trading their hours for dollars. Or if you've moved beyond trading your hours for dollars, you know, that number can escalate rapidly if a top influencer in your industry is endorsing you. I've had numbers anywhere from 50,000 to 10 million dollars given to me in response to this exercise. So, I really want you to think about that. Building relationship with those top influencers in your industry is nothing more than working your way up that list.
0: That sounds pretty reasonable.
1: It really is. It's really not that hard.
0: Now you talk about authenticity a lot. How much does authenticity play into this? <coughs>
1: well, you know, authenticity really is the key. Um, you know, if, if you consistently show up and and use your gifts full on, people are, I can't help but take notice. And you know, people really want to get into relationship with with people that they feel are honest and authentic. And in the same way, you want to get into relationship with people you honestly respect and admire. You know, think about it for a minute. You can spot a phony a mile away. So why wouldn't people spot you a mile away if you were being phony, right? So two things I really want you to think about is when you choose who those influencers are that you want to get in relationship with, is there anyone you wrote on that list that you don't authentically respect and admire that you really do want to get in relationship with. And if there is anyone on there that you don't deeply respect, then just cross their name off and think of other names to put on your list. The other thing is, you know, when you show up, if you're not really in something that you're passionate about, something that you truly love, you're being inauthentic. If you're doing what you're doing solely for the money or the profit, People are going to spot that a mile away in the same way you would spot it in other people. So really pay attention to your own authenticity in this game because inauthenticity will kill you before you're ever out of the starting blocks.
0: Earlier you talked about um or you mentioned that you would be sharing with us tips on building a golden Rolodex of top influencers in our industry. Um, can you share some tips on how do we get that Rolodex of top influencers?
1: Oh, I'd love to. And, you know, I love this question because, you know, when I go through this process with my students, um, we we actually do exercises around this, um, you know, in my uh, more detailed courses that I do online. But you you essentially start routinely working up the list from the more accessible influencers to the top influencers. And there's routine habits that you can build up to help you get in deep relationship uh, with the people who who really care about influence and care about the conversation that you're in, so the habits that you really want to develop will help you learn how to give them energy to help them succeed, and over time they will want to help you succeed, including connecting you with the people higher on the list. so a lot of it is just about learning how to build relationship and at the same time to not be weird around people of influence, you know, because people meet important people all the time and they do all kinds of crazy stuff that they wouldn't do otherwise. So it's really just a matter of, okay, thinking about how can I give energy to this influencer? How can I help them become more influential and not show up like a newbie who doesn't know what they're doing or is, you know, truthfully, I hate to say it, but just being weird.
0: Okay, so what are some of the mistakes that you see people making when they're trying to build these relationships with influencers?
1: Oh, you know, that's a fabulous question. So I work with with my students a lot on the understanding of the mistakes that they can make and how to avoid them. The the biggest one I see, and this would account for probably half of where people get stopped in their tracks and run into the gatekeepers that are around influencers, is what I would affectionately call the premature ask. And, you know, it's the equivalent of you move into a new apartment and you have the neighbor come by, you know, on the first day and ask to borrow your lawnmower, <laughs> you know, and, and you're sitting there going, oh, shoot me now. I really don't want to have this guy living next to me. You know, he can't even say hello and, and uh, give us some energy. He wants to borrow the lawnmower before it's even unpacked, right? You want to meet a new neighbor. What do you do? Um, you bring them a plate of cookies for a lasagna, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're meeting someone for the first time, if the first thing you do is ask, you land like a weirdo who doesn't know what they're doing. It's socially awkward. And I see this all the time. You know, I'll be at a big event and there'll be a big speaker. Sometimes I'm the speaker on stage because, you know, I often speak in front of audiences that are 500 or more. And you walk off stage and there'll be a lineup of people there waiting to speak, speak to the speaker. And, um, you know, I've literally had people come up to me with whole photo albums full of stuff that they wanted to show me, even though there's 200 people in line behind them, going, oh, my God, I've got to show you all this stuff because you're going to endorse my book and, and you're going to really help me. And, and, oh, I hear you know Jack Canfield and can you introduce me to Jack Canfield? And they've literally got a laundry list of asks that they want you to do for them because somehow they're in this mindset that this is their one shot that it's the only chance they're going to have to meet you. And if they don't take this shot, that, that, you know, they're somehow letting the life pass them by and they're going to miss this great opportunity and they're landing just like the new neighbor who showed up asking to b- borrow the lawnmower, okay? So you want to meet an influencer, especially if you're at a big event and they're on stage and you're trying to meet them in that context. But it doesn't matter in any context when you're trying to meet them The first thing you want to do is offer them something. Offer something that supports them. And the more that it's aligned with offering them influence, because influence is the currency of influencers, right? So you always want to be offering an influencer more influence. So you want to get their attention. You know, if if you're at a live event, we'll walk up and say, wow, I love everything you say. Can I write an article on my blog about you? Or can I repost content from your blog to my blog? Or can I shout you out on Facebook? Or I know other influences in your industry that I think it would be great for you to know. Can I introduce you to them? All of those are offers. They're the equivalent of bringing by the plate of lasagna or the plate of cookies. And they're going to land like you know what you're doing because you're gracious and meeting them. And you're not standing in the energy that this is a one-shot opportunity. You don't got to get it, have everything handled in the first two minutes. Now they can breathe. Now they get you're a person of influence. Now they get that you know how to play the game. they are going to be a lot more willing to talk to you, and you're not going to run into all their gatekeepers around them.
0: And if you do run into those gatekeepers, then what?
1: You know, I love that question. So here's the thing. The higher the influencer you're going after, the more they're going to have gatekeepers, and the longer it's going to take for you to get in relationship with them. So if you're if you're building relationships with someone who's similar to your own level of influence or maybe just slightly higher like let's say your total reach on social media was 5,000 people and you're trying to get in relationship with someone who has a reach of maybe 20,000 people well you might need to offer two or three things send them energy two or three times and then it would be fine to have a conversation and and you know expect that there might be some energy coming back towards you If you're going after a relationship with a reporter who can reach millions or someone who's, you know, a journalist or writes a column in a magazine that has a circulation in the millions um, or a talk show host or, you know, somebody who has a social media reach of a couple hundred thousand, there's a big inequity between you. So you might just have to accept that you're going to run into the gatekeepers for a little while and you just got to keep sending them energy. I have people that I've worked to get in relationship with that I literally spent two years developing relationship with them where I consistently sent them energy, connected them with people, helped them. And now I'm at the point where I can phone them up and say, hey, I need a favor. Would you mind spending 15 minutes on the phone with me explaining such and such? Or would you mind connecting me with so-and-so? And And they're more than happy to do it at this point because there's two years of trust building under the bridge.
0: Making sense? It does. I would think it would be hard to stay in that mode of of give, give, give for two years. You don't know whether it's worth continuing or if you should go to someone else.
1: Well, here's where authenticity plays a big role, okay? Because, for example... You know, Randy Gage is someone I'm now in close relationship with. He's one of the top speakers in North America. His book just went, you know, um, New York Times, number one business book in North America. Um, If you haven't read it, um, Risky is the New Safe is a a phenomenal book. And I know Randy personally. I'm at the point where I can phone him up. And, you know, there's an inequity between Randy and me. Like, as influential as I am, even though my personal reach is, you know, over a quarter million people, Randy's is in the millions. Randy's one of the most successful people in my industry, right? And I authentically love everything Randy says. I think Randy's one of the most brilliant people on the planet. So here's the thing I can authentically post Randy's blogs, I can authentically connect Randy with other people and big him up. And there's value in me in doing that because I really do think Randy brings a lot of value to the planet. Like, he's very—he's a contrarian. He, you know, he really gets us thinking about ideas. Not that I agree with 100% of everything that, comes, that has come out of the guy's mouth. But in general, I find him to bring a lot of value to a debate and a conversation. So there's no question when I repost Randy's, Randy's stuff or when I host an event and, and help put Randy on a stage or when I connect people or recommend him to speak in places, I'm authentically believing that that will... Really bring high value to the people I'm connecting him with. I'm not doing it just to get in relationship with Randy. Are you following me? Uh-huh. So even if Randy never did get in relationship with me, even if he never did figure out who my name was, me doing that for those couple of years would have been totally fine because I really do authentically think his work has a high level of value, right? So here's the thing there's kind of a rule of thumb. And that is, if you're working to build a relationship with someone, if they're at a similar level to you and you're offering and offering and they're never offering back, there may come a point where they're just not a fit for you to play with and you move on, right? If they're at a much higher level, then you really want to be making that assessment. Is it really authentic for me to keep, you know, bigging them up, to keep sending them out to my following, to keep recommending them, to keep connecting them? Do I really like and admire them that much that I'm prepared to do that, whether or not there's something coming back to me or not? If it's that authentic, stay in it, because the reality is eventually they are likely to take notice, and eventually you will get past the gatekeepers and become in relationship with them.
0: Any rule of thumb for your your first one, someone more or less at the same level, how long you play that game?
1: Um, you know, I generally, my rule of thumb is if they're at the same level as me and I've helped them out two or three times and there's nothing coming back, including no thank you, then I generally move on. Like I had one fellow I put on my stage three times, um, you know, really shouted him out to my following and there was just no energy coming back, like to the point where he wouldn't even acknowledge me in the room where I put him on my stage, you know, didn't acknowledge me as a peer. In that case, I looked at that and said, you know what? Not a fit, there's just not enough, uh, as Sean de would call it, reciprocal energy. You know um, I love everything Sean De teaches. if you haven't looked up her work com, S H A W N E T V. dot com she's a media and communications expert, and she talks a lot about networking and building relationships with influencers. she's also my best friend, so we tend to work together a lot. But a lot of what Sean talks about is building that cycle of reciprocity. It's like breathing. You breathe in, you breathe out. You breathe in, you breathe out. So as you get good at it, you'll simply know. If somebody's not sending you energy back, you can feel it. And, and you'll know, okay, this one just isn't a fit for me. Move on because they have no sense of connection back to me. Right, And it really becomes a, a call of personal judgment and you'll know it when you see it, you'll know it when you feel it.
0: Great. Thank you. That was helpful. Now, what about the other issue that you were going to touch base on, uh, sharing your tips on how to rapidly build a personal reach of over a million?
1: Well, one of the smartest things you can do in the influence game is become a hub of the influencers in your industry. So when you become a central point of connection and they all move through you to connect, now your personal reach grows exponentially. So, you know, you know one of the things, you know, a lot of people are aware of that I started the Evolutionary Business Council, which is a council of thought leaders who are really all about creating positive change all over the world. And they work to collaboratively help each other and, and support each other. It's actually a council I, I subsidize with my business because it makes so much sense to do that. Because the reality is I get so much energy back from the people in that organization that it simply it 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 rocketed me to another level of influence more rapidly than I ever could have imagined possible. So when I got to be in high service to that community of people, the level of service they came to to me back was beyond anything I could have ever imagined. So the trick is to really think about what's needed in my industry. How could we connect and draw those influencers together? Maybe you want to do a big conference for them. Maybe you want to have a magazine where you highlight all the influencers. Maybe you want to create a council like I did and bring all the top influencers together or, or you could do a multi-speaker event. But when you get in service, to really helping to create more influence for the top influencers in your industry, guess what? You gain the influence of those people collectively because they all become in very tight, warm relationship with you. And you know, one thing I really want to point out, it's better to have a small and warm list, you know, because relationships are always built one-on-one. So Top influencers build each relationship one at a time and they leverage the trust of other people who have built relationships one to one. So when you connect a bunch of influencers together who have powerful relationships with their following of that nature, then what you've got is essentially, you know, the golden Rolodex. Because when your Rolodex is a bunch of people who all hold influence themselves, it's very easy for you to reach, build and to do it rapidly. You know, it's really not about you. It's about how you serve and care about others. So really think about what are those things you can do, multi-speaker events, hosting networking groups, whatever it might be, and think about becoming that hub of influencers in your industry.
0: I I sort of understand, but if you're doing something like a multi-speaker event, Mm -hmm. is that really... For the influencers or for the people who would listen to the influencers?
1: Well, here's the thing. It's for the people who would listen to the influencers, but when you put a group of influencers all on a stage together, you're drawing those influencers together. You're becoming the hub because it's your event. So let's say you bring eight top influencers together to a multi-speaker event those eight become in powerful relationship with you. You following me? Yes. And then the audience may be the the collective following of those people.
0: Okay. So what are some of the other examples of of um besides a multi-speaker event?
1: Um you could create a council of the top influencers in your industry and have them come together at periodic intervals or create, you know, phone calls where they meet together and discuss common issues or how they can help each other. You could um, create a networking group that's a networking for influencers. You know, you could, for example, you could define who can belong to this group. They have to be people who are influential in that industry. You could um, create a magazine or an e-zine or a blog that routinely hosts a number of influential people posting their content to your blog. So there are many different examples, and there's pro- probably umpteen more, but those are a few of the more common ones of how you could draw together a group of influencers and really help celebrate them and get them connected with each other. Right. You know, and I mean, one other, other example that's at the very basic level, but it's a common habit that you'll see influencers do. Influencers routinely introduce influencers to other influencers. So the simplest form of becoming a hub of the influencers in your industry is simply whenever you meet one, introduce them to the others that you know. They're all very excited to meet each other, and they really do want to meet each other, and they are grateful to you when you do that. So that helps increase your influence level as well.
0: Great. So I sort of have an idea of, of different ways to... To do this now, can you give us some um, information or uh, share, some inf- share some of your experience and how this translates into money
1: and abundance? <laughs> yeah, I love that question. You know, because w- if you look back at the exercise we did at the beginning where I asked you to think about, you know, who are the five top influencers, uh, you know, that you could think of and what would it mean if the top one endorsed your business? You know, I've had so many of my students who do my advanced programs online, they'll come back to me after six months or a year after completing some of the advanced work and they will tell me they way underestimated that list and way underestimated the amount of money it could make um, for their business. Because here's the thing, once you start playing with the big folks, opportunities start opening up for you that you would never have dreamed possible. And and you can really only imagine them once you're in them. I'm now on the point of my career, you know, I've had weeks where I have three speaking engagements simply come to me. I had to do nothing to go out and seek them because um, I'm now at the level where enough people know me and enough people are talking about, about me that that stuff just comes to me. I couldn't have conceived of that happening five years ago in my career when I was first starting out on, down this road. You know, one of my students, Um, just one month after completing my program became so well connected in California that she was given a 40 minute long talk show interview. Think about that for a minute, a 40 minute long interview on one of her local talk shows. The outfall of that for her business was exponential. She now gets requests from all over. So it's, you know, it's really important to think about if you just get in the habit of this, you know, it's like playing hockey or soccer or any other sport. If you go out every morning and and do the drills, learn how to do it and consistently do it a little bit every day. And it starts with you thinking about who are those first few people I want to connect with. And maybe you go on Facebook every morning and, um, and you shout out their latest blog article. Or maybe uh, any time you're at a networking function and you meet a new influencer, you think about who are the six people I could introduce them to that would be really meaningful to them. You're basically flexing your muscle. You're practicing the skills of playing the influence game. And uh, I love the expression of, uh, of Jennifer Huff. She talks about the notion of leaning in. You know? So if you're not sure what to do, just lean in the direction of what you love, lean in the direction of what you think you probably should be doing. Well, as you learn these skills, if you lean in, as Jennifer Huff says, you'll see so much more from the new vantage point that you couldn't have fathomed that that would work, you know, even two steps back from that. So just start you know, create a blog, for example, and start posting blog articles of influential people. You always want to ask them their permission because you want them to know you're reposting. And, uh, and you know, put po- put it up there and shout it out and celebrate it and recommend them to your following. And you'll find by leaning in over the course of a month, two months, you'll start to see all kinds of other really cool things you can be doing. You'll start to notice other cool things that people who are playing the influence game are consistently doing, and you'll find, "Oh, look at all these other great techniques that are available to me. Um, in, you know in my advanced online programs, we give exercises you know in short little snippets so you can try something out, flex the muscle, see how it feels, and then move on to the next. Most people will find that certain things suit them better than others, so there's not a one approach fits all but what you'll find is you'll find the things that work really well for you and then you'll start doing them consistently and playing the influence game will be very easy for you.
0: Wow, and and it can take as little as a month,
1: huh? Oh, really. You can you can be on your way to really starting that growth and starting to build those conversations in as in as little as a month, absolutely. That sounds really
0: cool. Any other tips or uh, maybe lessons learned that you'd like to share with my authors?
1: Well, uh, I would say another big mistake I see um, people making um, frequently, and I talk about this one a fair amount in my advanced programs as well, uh, would be overcommitting. So, you know, they're so keen to get in relationship with influencers that they start doing stuff that takes them so much time that it starts to sink their ship. And then they start feeling like um, unappreciated, uh, you know, resentment starts to build up essentially, right? Because when you give and give and give and give and give, all of a sudden it starts to feel really heavy, right? So I really want to encourage you, when you're gifting influence to other influencers, think about what are those things that are really easy and simple for you to do that could be high impact for other people? So, you know, I I see a lot of people, they're starting out this game and they meet someone influential and they think, oh, let me offer to reshingle their roof or, um, you know, paint their house or whatever. And it's like, not that that isn't a nice gesture, but remember when we're playing the influence game, the currency is influence. So you want to be building up a following, a social media following and a presence of your own, because that becomes your influence that you can gift to influencers. And it only takes you one minute post something on Facebook. It only takes you one minute to repost an article on a blog that you then send out to your followers. Your followers will love it because it's great content. Because remember, you're only posting things that you love that you authentically think are really good. And um, it's not so burdensome and so heavy to you that you'll start to resent the people you're posting if they're not helping you back. I never, in One Iota, for example, ever resented Randy Gage it only ever took me a few seconds to post one of his blog articles or to connect him with someone. They were easy, simple things to do and, you know, very downstream for me. And over time, it came to the point where Randy realized, wow, there's a lady here who's a really big fan of mine. And maybe I'll start reaching out and conversing with her and chatting with her sometimes, too.
0: And then, and his book, again, was
1: Risky. Risky a is the new safe. You can see it on New York Times. It's a phenomenal book. You really want to read that.
0: And you, you you have three books out as well, correct?
1: I do. My books, actually quite fun, are all children's books that I wrote to raise money for a charity I helped found. Wow. So my three books uh, are all empowerment books for kids that really teach you know kids higher principles of how to live a really empowered life.
0: What are the titles of your books?
1: They're Fiona's Fortitude, The Presence Presence, and then I have a book I wrote with my daughters for children who are going through family separation, and it's called... Jolo's
0: Two Bedrooms. Fionas Fortitude Presence Presence?
1: Mm-hmm. And Jolo's B R E S D N T S. Yeah.
0: And what was the third one?
1: Jolo's Two Bedrooms.
0: Jolo's Two Bedrooms. I'll have to look those up. What was the charity?
1: It's called the Canadian Foundation for Youth Rights to Education. We we um Fund scholarships and uh, help support building in schools in developing countries. Oh,
0: that's great!
1: Thank you. We have a lot of fun with it.
0: So I know that there's going to be some listeners who want more support in this area and want even more information on how to become a top influencer. How can they get access?
1: Oh, I always love it when you ask that question. Thank you. Because <laughs> a lot of people really do struggle in this area. And you may intuitively know what it could do to you to have influential people consider it your, you their peer. But at the same time, you know, you most people are struggling with this a lot. And you're probably one of them. You know, how do you approach someone influential at a networking function? Or maybe you're worried you'll seem like a stalker or a weirdo. You know, we talked about that a lot. How do you not land weird? And maybe you've had a lot of great connections, but they just haven't gotten you anywhere. You're running into the gatekeepers and you don't know what it takes to get to that next step and really get into relationship with these people. So I have an online webinar series that I developed to help people move from wanting to be an influencer to competent at playing the influence and the word of mouth game. It's eight classes over eight weeks, one per week. And it's called Mastering Influence. How do you become a sought-after, highly paid expert in your field? So if you're someone who simply knows you could achieve a whole lot more if you had a lot more influence, then really I've designed this course for you. I want you to take this course because I know what a massive difference it can make for you. We really go deep in this one. You're going to master how to identify your unique attraction factor. How do you become someone who people simply fall in love with? We'll talk about the top mistakes that people make that get in their way of their business relationships. And most people have at least two of these built into their personalities. Um, People who are really challenged may have at least eight of these mistakes hardwired in. So there's also the unspoken rule book of how you play the influence game. There's a whole set of rules that people at this level interact with. And they may be unaware of them, but if you don't know the rules, they'll know you're not at their level. There's a speech code and shortcuts they take, so we give you the way they speak. We show you in cheat notes how how you approach them, what kind of language to use, etc., so you don't show up like a newbie. We also talk to you how do you become a hub of the influences in your industry. We give you different ideas you can approach there and show you how you would do each of them. We talk about the key skills for networking, for connecting with influencers and how to become the type of person that everyone else pursues. We also focus on how to become a master at enrolling and convincing others of your ideas. And then we've got one final, final module. You've got to wait for it um, because it's one we don't talk about until you've done the others or it won't make sense to you, but you really will love it when you get there. It's, it's really going to help take you to the next level. So the course, um, sells for $547, and uh, you know, I know because you and I have a very special relationship, Judy, you had asked me for a special deal for your students, so for a limited period of time for the next two weeks, we'll be offering it for your students for $247 US if they want to come in, if they're inspired to play, um, so I really encourage them to have a look at that, and um, think about whether that serves, serves you, because we'd really love to see you get engaged.
0: Great. Can you give me the the link for my um, authors to be able to go to take advantage of this?
1: Absolutely. It's at www.wildfireacademy.com forward slash skillbites. So let me spell that out. That's w-i-l-d-f-i-r-e-a-c-a-d-e-m-y dot com forward slash s-k-i-l-l-b-i-t-e-s. And I also have a free program that's um, a free gift for your listeners. It's um, a free 30-day program that just helps with some of the more remedial skills, just to help get them in the game. And it's called Fame to Flame in 30 Days. So they're welcome to come and check that one out as well. It's at wildfireacademy.com forward slash free gift. And there's a hyphen between the words free and gift. So F-R-E-E dash gift, G-I-F-T.
0: Great. I will... Make sure I get this out to my authors so that they have the full, almost the full two weeks to be able to take advantage of the offer.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Judy.
0: Well, Teresa, thank you so much. You've given us some terrific information. I know all of us have a great desire to be more influential and to be connected with people who are more influential. And you've given us some great building blocks for being able to do that. And then on top of all the great information you gave us is the free uh, Flame to Fame course as well as the the significant discount off of your Mastering Influence course. So I really appreciate what you have given to my audience, and I hope that I will be able to um, help you as well someday.
1: Oh, my pleasure, Judy. It's just been a joy being here.
0: Let me know what I can do for you.
1: (laughs) Sounds wonderful. You take care, my love.
0: Thanks so much. Have a great day.
1: You too. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.